This show is brought to you by Coo Sportswear. Check out their website for great deals on teamwear on www.cucullensportswear.com or the Cucullen Sportswear Facebook page. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Um, delighted to be joined by former Kerry footballer Sean O'Sullivan and former Down footballer Danny Hughes. And hard to believe we're actually here previewing the Intercounty Football Championship, but it's here, it's behind closed doors. And I suppose the game in everyone's mind this weekend, Danny, just has to be Donegal and Tyrone. Yeah, well, I suppose uh, from from my perspective, it's, it's a great start to the Ulster Championship. Um, two big teams going at it and what makes it obviously this year what makes it more uh, that added space is the fact that you have one chance and uh, you know you're going to have one of the big I, I would I would say that there's six teams that could invariably win an All-Ireland this year um, you take out the, the home advantage for any team take out spectators take out all those indirect factors that could be could you know invariably have a point or two points either way and then um, taking the fact that it's winter football, and I think uh, I think you know there's six teams there that could invariably win in All Ireland. Obviously, Dublin are still the favourites, but I think Kerry, Sean, I, I you know I think Kerry, I think Kerry are going to win in All Ireland this year. Honestly, do. Um, and when you take out the Hill sixteen and all, all the rest of it, I think Donegal will be Tyrone, and Donegal will be in the last four as well. So uh, you know. It's yeah, it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be a very unique championship and it's something to be. You have to look forward to. Jeez, you have to look forward to. Absolutely, and I suppose Donegal Tyrone uh, really is going to kickstart this um, Ulster Championship. But I suppose you'd have to say in the last year or two, the Ulster Championship mightn't have been as good as other years, but you'd expect it to be a cracking championship this year, Sean. Absolutely, yeah. It's look. Paul and Daniel tell you he's he's played many a game in it. It's invariably for me, it's the toughest championship uh, there is to get out of, um, regardless of whether it's the back door that's there or or the uh, or now obviously the, um, the 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 knockout championship that we're going to be faced with this year. But I think for people and for supporters, particularly coming back after the lockdown and wondering whether or not we would have a championship. Um, I don't think we could have asked for a better game to really start it all off. I know we have a lot of championship games on this weekend and there's another Ulster championship game between Monaghan and Cavan, but the standout fixture has to be this one, Donegal and Tyrone. And I, for one, and I know Danny do the same, can't wait to see it unfolding. I know they sparred off against each other uh, in the league um, a couple of weeks ago, the first game back after after the lockdown. Um, but I think there was a lot of shadow boxing in that really. Uh, Donegal won it by four points in the end. High-scoring game, but I think you're going to see a, a very, very uh, different animal on on uh, on Sunday. I know it's back in Bally Buffet again with no no crowds, but um, it's going to be a real, real humdinger of a game, and everyone's looking forward to it. Danny, you'd have to think if Tyrone play the same way they did against Donegal and just let them kick the ball around to 45 and let Donegal play, they're they're in with no chance. Here, you'd have to think. Well, uh, you know, I wrote, I wrote about it last week. My my frustration with Tyrone would be, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you've you've been party to some of the coverage of the uh, Tyrone Club Championships. Tyrone uh, Club Championship is one of the most competitive in the country. 
Um, it, it, it always seems a bit bizarre to me how they are not, the clubs in throne are not as successful on the national stage. You know, they're not winning uh, club titles, you know, every couple of years. When you look at how strong and how competitive that county is in terms of club championships, the, the, the Fords are definitely there. There's no doubt about it. You look, McKenna has come in there, has been a bit of a revelation this last few games. Add in Peter, Peter Canavan's uh, son, Dara, who, who took his, who took his goal, goal brilliantly the other day. And, and you look at that, you look at that actual goal and the build-up to that particular goal. There was three passes from, you could say, the, from the 45 out to McKenna. McKenna was a sublime pass into Dara Canavan over the top. And the bit I loved about it was Dara Canavan opted not to take a mark which I totally despise that rule. I think it's totally unnecessary. And he, he, he went on like his father did many times and he put it in the back of the net. And I thought that was lovely football. And something that thrown are capable of. However, they've been stuck in the smear of playing boys behind the ball. The boys that aren't natural forwards playing in positions in the forward line and just pulling them all back. And 10 minutes in against uh, Donegal in, the, in their National League match a couple of weeks ago, you had that Mickey Murphy kicking the ball back 20 metres and, you know, because Throne had set up uh, en masse 13, 14 lads behind the ball and Throne weren't even pressing the ball. They weren't even at halfway pressing the ball. They were allowing Donegal to kick the ball back and forth and invariably that left at Donegal. At one point, he had a, you know, well, that was uh, the glad they scored the goal. I forget his name. A shimmy. He took out three men with a shimmy and then he was in on goal and buried it. You know, Donegal have been around far, far too long now. Have are, have always been a possession type team. So to not put any pressure on the ball, I think was uh, it was a bit. You know, it was just a bit, bit suicidal in my opinion. You know, if Tyrone had to took something different, given that this is a one-off game and press high and really go at Donegal, who knows? Who knows? But I think that way of playing, that on mass defensive stuff, had us time. I just don't believe. That you can win a championship now playing like that. Personally. And it's a it's it's a pity actually, Denny, because I mean the the Tyrone forwards roll off the tongue like you know, obviously with Matty Donnelly, but I mean the likes of McCurry, Sludden, Myler, McKinnon now is back in the fray. Colin McShane is out, but I mean that's a forward line. They are a pretty young, quick, fast, strong forwards, and unfortunately Brilliant. they're they're not being they're not being utilised the way they really should be. Should they aren't. No, and, and, and the thing about it is, and, and you know, Sean, from, from playing as well, you, when you're, I, I was an inside forward for, you know, a period of my career, but then I was out, I was out the field, I was in half forward line for a long period of my career as well. Mm. Two very different positions, mm -hmm. and you will score a lot, you will score a lot inside. It was a different type of football then, uh, to a certain degree. It, it has moved um, a lot, but... Uh, and when you're doing those miles and clocking up those kilometers in the half forward line, as you well know, it takes a lot of the legs. It leaves it leaves it leaves you about ten meters short when you go to take a kick. Mm -hmm. That otherwise inside you will probably be nailing over. So you know McCurry, um, Brennan, uh, Ron O'Neill, players there that have suffered uh, over this last few seasons because you know there's only so much work you can do when you're when you're working and working and working. Um, and, and, you know, it does pull it out of the legs. And, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a forward, as a finisher, uh, that can have an effect. And it definitely has in, in Tyrone. Um, and, yeah, like, Sean, you're no different. Uh, my frustration would be that Tyrone have the forwards there to yep. do it. It's just, you know, 
it's just my frustration is that they won't get out of the mark. And and to be fair, I don't think that's a player led thing. I think no. that's led on the line. Like Mickey Murphy, and I, I've said that again last week, Mickey Murphy in the huddles will take the water breaks. He will take the boys in. He will lead any of the discussions. Whereas in Tyrone, it was Gavin Devlin that was leading it all. And the players were listening to him. Like, and, and that, that to me sums up the difference between those two teams. Donegal's player led, while Tyrone are management led. Um, and ultimately, I think that's going to be different. And obviously, Kerry bet a second string Donegal team last weekend, Sean. Um, yeah. Do you feel Donegal putting out a second team and losing a bit of momentum can have any impact in this game this weekend? No, I don't think so, Paul. I don't think so. I think I think Declan Bonner did the right thing. Um, this is going to be a very, very strange season. If Donegal fancy themselves to get over Tyrone at the weekend, I, I felt I, I felt Bonner did the right thing. Yeah, I, I I actually happened to be at the game. I was I was able to go in because of I, I was writing for the Kerry men here about the game, so I was able to get in. And uh, they were under strength, absolutely. You know, they left they left uh, Michael Murphy. Ryan McHugh, Neil McGee back at home, and uh, and you know they give a, they give games. I think Declan Bonner was actually happy. I know they were beaten by fourteen points in the end, but I think he was actually happy that he was able to get guys onto the field who hadn't played football in a long time, uh, injury wise and so on. So he he wasn't totally despondent after it. But no, I don't think it's going to have an impact on on Sunday. Those guys will be well rested. The few guys that I mentioned and and. Um, Danny mentioned them. The three guys there that I mentioned are all leaders on that team. So the fact that they got a weekend off just to recharge the batteries, don't you worry. They'll be ready to go when they see the when they see the white and red jersey coming out in Belly Buffet on Sunday. They'll be ready to go. But you know, Donegal, I, I I'm with Danny. I I for all the, the good forwards that Tyrone have, I just don't think they're being allowed to express themselves. And I think that's where Donegal will. Be able to go out and beat them. You know they've, they, you know they got Keem in. Owen Bond Gallagher is back after an ankle injury. Another good leader on the team. They're big around the middle with McFadden and McGonagall, and you know the they st- they still have quality forwards. And you got to take out Michael Murphy. Um, you know Nile O'Donnell, Jamie Brennan, O'Shea Gallen. They're all quality forwards. I'm not sure what the word is up north. And Paddy McBrearty, Denny, he's out with injured, but he he could he could play a part, could he? He could, he could play a part, but it is all very quiet from from their perspective. And he might be somebody. Obviously, I don't think he'll be starting, but you know, he might be somebody that'll play a part. I don't think. I think it'll be a bit too soon for him now this weekend. But um, you know, down the line, I think they'll keep him fresh. They'll not, they'll not take any risk from him. But these are two teams, and and Sean, you're you're familiar with it, Cork and Kerry, the the great rivalry down there. These are two teams that have, you know, you could probably add in Monaghan there. To a certain extent, uh, um, in this last ten years, but these are two teams that know each other extremely well. They do, know, yeah. You know, the management teams will know each other extremely well. They've been used to playing against one another, and that rivalry really has borne there. Um, they've shared what they've shared really Ulster titles in this last five or six years. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, listen, it'll be tentative. Um, it'll be, uh, it'll be tentative. It'll be close. It'll be, you know, there'll be a wee bit of niggly stuff there as well. But Tyrone, I, I do believe that Tyrone need to take something different. They can't keep playing the way they have been playing against Donegal and expecting a different result. They have to mm. take something different. And perhaps that game against Mayo will have shown that. You know, they racked up a big score against the Mayo. They did, yeah. The yeah. Galway. So maybe that will 
maybe prompt the players into you know a change. You know, regardless of what anybody says to them, that might prompt them into being a wee bit more adventurous, and it might prompt the management. You never know into being a wee bit more adventurous. I think this year for any management team is a bit of a gimme. So you have you have invariably February or March that are going to start the National League campaign. Uh, you would hope um, this year's a bit of a gimme where you go. Right, you've won game and you're out. So you're not going to be. I don't think any management team's going to be assessed on this. I don't know what no. you think. Ron. No, I, no, you can go. You, you know. can go for it. You can go for it. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I think you know if Mickey Hart's been there twenty whatever seasons, twenty two seasons now at this stage, this year is one year where he can say right because of COVID, because it's only one match, let's throw the shackles off and see what mm. we do here. You know, but you know, we'll someday we'll tell a tale. Just back to you for a sec, um, Danny. Centre back for Donegal. It seems to be chopping and changing a lot. Paul Brennan's been there. Darrell Brea's been there. Is it an area that Tyrone could get at because they don't really seem to have a set centre back? Yeah, um, I suppose. Well, you see, the the way that Donegal play, and Sean will understand this. They will, they will have their designated man markers to pick up certain players. So centre back. Centre-back's an important position, I suppose, in the older style of game where Sean would have been used to it and, and I would have been used to it, where your centre-back needed, you needed to make sure that nobody runs through the middle. If your middle's open, your full-back and your centre-half-back are weak positions, at that level you're going to be found out. Teams are going to run up the ball, up the middle, and they're going to get goals. Donegal will have their designated man mortgage, so Conor McKenna will be picked up. Um, I'm sure you'll, you know, uh, some of the key men, McCurry, um, uh, will be picked up. Uh, 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 you know, some of them are key. Matty Donnelly will be man marked, and Donegal will be used to playing against that. A centre half back now needs to be able to be a presence there, but there's so much cover there. There's so much sweeping mm. cover. There's so there's defenders dropping in, Paul. That I wouldn't say it's 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 not as relevant as it was uh, in years gone by, but there is a lot of cover there anyway. The way Donegal and other teams play now. But they, they can afford to chop and change because of the system. So um I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly worried that they haven't got a set centre half back. Um and, and you have to say like Throne have changed that position as well this last couple of years. So uh, I wouldn't be too worried about that from a Donegal perspective. Um and likewise and on on the flip side Throne, I don't think we'll be too worried. Um too worried about about that position because of the way the team set up because of the system. Um, so I don't know what Sean maybe thinks. Yeah, I think the way that the game has gone at the moment, you're dead right, Denny. The cover, the dropping back, the midfielders now are slacking back into pockets to to help the full back line. I think what your half back line now is made up of really, and a lot of county managements are looking at it, is that you have really fast, quick, strong, athletic guys playing in your half back line because mm. what's happening is. You are trying to choke the life out of the team that's attacking you. Uh, hopefully turn them over. They've maybe left gaps in their defence. And what you want then is guys running with the ball hard and fast to try and get into those, okay. those spaces. And, and no more so than Kerry. In the first game against Monaghan back, uh, Kerry are obviously, you know, they've decided that they want to shore up at the back now as well. And they don't want to concede goals like they have been over the past few seasons. Um, the two cornerbacks and the two wingbacks for Kerry in that first game against Monaghan all contributed on the scoreboard from the simple fact that Kerry were dropping back, they blocked up the space, turned Monaghan over and those fellas broke hard and got their scores. So 
I get your point, uh, Paul, in that, you know, centre-back and the positions might have chopped and changed over the last few seasons, last few games with Donegal and Tyrone, but it's not really a, a, as big a factor as it used to be, whereas your centre-back was a strong, you know, we had Seamus Moynihan, we had Eamon Fitzmaurice, we had those type of guys, Aidan O'Mahony, Danny will rattle off the guys from, de- from down in his days. Those days are That's gone. That's why we know. never won very much. We didn't <laughs> have any money. <laughs> but there's, there's Aidan O'Mahony. Yeah, money um, uh, picked me up down in Kerry in the last league game in 2011, mm. and I tell you, Edno Mahoney is as sticky and as good a defender. And I thought, you know, obviously with a bit of mobility that they did have, I mm. thought, you know, this would have suited me okay. O'Mahony never left my like he never left my side the whole yeah. game. Very very strong, very quality, fit. yeah, uh, really quality, quality, quality player. Yeah, and, uh, but I don't think it's 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 not a factor in the modern game. No. I mean that's only 2011. You're talking about Danny. Yeah. I don't think it's a factor in the last the way the game has gone, Paul, because all your defenders now just need to be able to man mark, pick up somebody, but also be able to. Offer something going forward. So and 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 as Danny said, with the cover back there now and defenses dropping men back, forwards coming back to help out, wing forwards coming back, you don't have to be uh, an expert centre back now to to wear the number six jersey. It's just a jersey. It doesn't and, really matter what numbers on the back. And Sean, you you know you see like one of the most influential Donegal players here on Sunday, and will be Ryan McHugh. Mm. Where he actually has to be man marked. He's a defender at wing exactly. back, and he, yep. he actually has to be man marked. And this is this is the reality of the situation we're facing now. Mm. Ryan McHugh isn't an out and out defender. He's actually a forward in the old game. But mm. it's not he's not he's a wing back now, which is, you know, if you were if you were picking your ideal position now to play, Sean, you'd be you'd be saying wing back, wing forward. Yeah. Any position. You don't even need to be a huge mountain of a man to be at midfield now. But yeah. Ryan McHugh will have a massive burn again on the result this Sunday and with carrying the ball out of his defence. Yeah. And uh, do you know yeah, and uh, carrying the ball out of fence, setting up that play, drawing freeze for Mickey Murphy to kick over. Do you know, this but, is where this way the fence is going. Absolutely, and look what James Horan has done with Kevin McLaughlin. He's mm. put him back. He's put him. He's put him back centre back. So there you go, Paul. Kevin McLaughlin is a. We always recognise him as a as a wing corner forward for Mayo, and now he's back in the half back line because for that very reason he can. He he's not gonna he's not gonna stop a Michael Murphy coming through the centre. But if they turn Michael Murphy over with enough bodies and he gets on the ball, he's gone and he's setting up the play. So it's a very different, very different game now. And Danny, is it Connor Myler who you'd expect to pick up Ryan McHugh? Um, yeah, uh, I would, I would, I would, I would expect that because that's what's been done in the past. And Tyrone, or you know, there will be a creature of habit, Mickey Hart, creature of habit. Um, they, they, they won't deviate too much and. To be honest, we when you play somebody enough, when you mark somebody else, and Sean will understand that, you know, even in the club game and county games, there's certain players like in, when we played our man, Andy Mallon, always picked me up, always picked me up. And Andy, we got to know each other very, very well, um, the way each other played, and you know, it was, you know, it was a toss of the, toss of the kind of who come out on top most days. Andy won some, I won some, but you know, very difficult opponent to play against, and. Ryan McHugh won't like that familiarity as much as Myler won't like it as well. So it'll just be if listen, if you can keep Ryan McHugh scoreless, if you can keep his influence to one or two plays and have him tactically fouled the way back in his own defence, you're doing you're doing your job. Um and Myler won't won't care if he's never on the ball. 
But uh, it's about man marking their key players. Mickey Murphy's going to be having a man marked on, and Brandon's got a suspension, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he would usually usually pick up uh, Mickey this last while. So you know, it's going to it's going to be a bit of a rearranging of the deck chairs here. You know, to try and see who picks up. Who, but there won't be any surprises, I wouldn't think. And the battle between the keepers here, Sean Patton and Niall Morgan, you'd have to feel it's going to be huge, Sean. Yeah, it is. I mean, sure. Look, your goalkeeper now is is as important as any position on the field, if not the most important. And look, Stephen Cluxton has set the has set the trend there. You've got Rory Biggin and and uh, and obviously, I I think Morgan is is he's he's not quite in that category, but I I like him as a keeper. He's very very good on the restart. Um, Patton for me, yeah, I, I'm not sure. The jury's still out on him for me. I'm not, I'm not totally over convinced by him. Um, I, I don't think he's one of the top keepers in the country, to be honest. Um, he does a job, but he's he's nowhere near the caliber of, of of the guys I just mentioned. But it's such an important position now. And look, the way both these teams play, it'll be interesting to see. Do they just concede the kickouts and and let let the opposition backs? have the ball deep in their own half you know I, I i think they'll probably mix it up a little bit they'll press sometimes and there'll be more times they'll just retreat to the 45 and leave you know that morgan will just pop it out to the likes of maybe a tierna mccann or a ronan mcnamee to take the ball out and, and vice versa on the other side patton will go short but i can't see both teams pressing up for the full 70 minutes i think they'll concede possession and see what 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 each team has and how they'll get out of their defence. But uh, they're they're two decent keepers. But I think if you were to weigh them up and who has the advantage, if that's what you're asking me, I would put it. I, I would I would say Niall Morgan is a better keeper. Yeah. I, I, again, listen, you're 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 spot on um, with uh, with your with your analysis, there, Sean. Morgan is class. Mm. Um, I played up in the charity match there a couple of seasons ago, and Morgan was nuts. And Man could <laughs> he could literally land it in your shorts. He's phenomenally good. Patton, uh, I suppose Patton is relatively new on the scene in comparison. So a bit like um, uh, Monaghan's begging, it'll take a bit of time, and he will. I, I think Patton will come good. He'll be a, he'll be a super player. Um, and uh, you know he'll just get the seasons. The seasons will come behind him, and, and he'll just get better and better. Um, but but Morgan is massive, and the one thing that I won't, you know, if Throne don't do this, Throne the two weeks ago didn't press the kick out Donegal, just give it up, allow them to bounce and just trot it back to halfway. If they don't press the Donegal kick out again, I think they're making a big error there. Niall Morgan can kick the ball sixty yards over a uh, over a head and and set up a play, and he's brilliant at that. But you seen the way Throne pressed even Mayo's kick out, and it caused. It was it fault for me or fault for a goal on the back of it. Again, when Tyrone did in the second half when they were chasing the game against Donegal, they pressed a couple of kickouts and they won them and they turned them over and they started to come back a wee bit. So I think they're missing a trick if they don't press the kickout. They have to press the kickout. All the top teams are doing it. Kerry are doing it. Dublin are doing it. And you have to look at that and say, right, we don't have it all right here. So they have to press the kickout, in my opinion, and put Patton under pressure because he is... He's just not as he's really good. He's better than the average keepers across all the other counties, but he's not Morgan. And mm. still not at that level yet. But he will be, I'm sure. And Danny, um the Tyrone forward line is probably what's going to be most talked about 
um, this weekend. Will he go with Derek Canavan or will he go with someone more tried and tested? Then you're probably going to have Peter Hart, Conor McKenna, Darren McCurry, Conor Myler, and then I suppose you might have Canavan and you just don't know if you're going to have another position in the other corner. Well, I, I would put in Canavan. I put, I put in Canavan, uh, Canavan because he scored last week, his, 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 uh, his confidence up, and I don't, you know, Mickey Murphy went in and played um, county football at 18 or 19 years of age. He was good enough to play at that age. Put them in. It doesn't matter what age he is. And it's like all the top premiership players, Rashford, uh, um, I'm a Liverpool man, but the Alexander Arnold and stuff like that, they went in and they were totally unfazed that they're going to make mistakes. Of course they will. But let them make the mistakes and get them in there because that can really work to your advantage. A lot of times, managers can be far, far too conservative. But you look at Sean O'Shea, who came out of school football nearly nearly into uh, into uh, uh, senior play senior football and just took to it brilliantly. Clifford took to senior football brilliantly, and they were talking about introducing them gradually. No, get them in, get them mm. in, and get them at it. Um, and they'll have no respect for the players that they're playing against, and rightly so. They'll have no respect for their history or for their uh, reputations. And I will be starting. I'd be starting them lads that are playing on form, always start on form, and that would be my my opinion with that thrown forward line. But again, you might go the likes of the tried and tested Peter Hart, been around a long time and stuff like that. I've no doubt that Peter Hart will, will play, but Peter Hart's a natural wing back in my opinion, um, not a forward. And I think when you're when you're putting Peter into the forward line, you're actually you know, you're losing a forward, and that's your finisher. And again, that is that is the question that the throne will have to answer. And at the end of the day, they'll have to answer to their own supporters. If they don't, it doesn't go their way. Mm. And is Sludden a player who really hasn't delivered in the last few years, uh, Sean? Inconsistent, I suppose, would be a good word for him. Yeah, um, I suppose you're always expecting him uh, to be, you know, to, to that there's more in him. Um, but like, I mean, I suppose it just goes to show you, you just rattled off who you think will be the forwards on on, on Sunday, as, as Denny did, and he wasn't in the conversation really, was he there? You know, I mean, you were putting young Canavan before him. I agree with Denny. I think, you know, first of all, if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. So I think Canavan, he'll be missing after against Mayo. Throw him in. And as, as Denny also said earlier, it's the it's a strange season where managements can take risks like that. They can throw in a few young fellas, you know. So what? Um, if it's not working for the young fella after twenty minutes, he can be taken off. Okay, it'll be it'll hard be hard on him, but but why not? But going back to Sludden, yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, he's probably he's probably you know I don't know the guy personally, Denny. You might know him better than me, or you might know of him, but but he's a guy that probably for me has underachieved Denny in in, yeah. in his in his intercounty career. I, I think, in my opinion, Nas Lutton, in my opinion, Nas Lutton's probably um, as good a playmaker, um, you know, as 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 there is uh, within Ulster. I think, I think his confidence has been shot a couple of times, uh, being taken off in games where he has been performing well. I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced that. Um, Listen, you're always going to have, you're not always going to show, you don't understand being in the squad. And if you're not playing, you're not going to be happy. Mm. Okay. Um, now, that's where the management comes into play. That's where the arm around the shoulder and having the confidence. Liverpool are so successful. Um, 
for one reason. They have the best manager. They have the best man manager in the league. He knows what he's doing and he gets on brilliantly with his players. Okay. Uh, Niles Lodden, for me, uh, has been brilliant on occasions and other games where maybe things haven't gone right for him and he's been pulled straight away. Mm. There's been no account taken of what he's been done the previous game or the previous season or stuff. And that can affect somebody's a player's confidence. It's sometimes, you know, Sean, from, from this, you play through bad periods. You play through bad periods. And it's very important that you have the confidence and the backing of the manager. If you feel that you don't and you're being pulled for one or two poor games or one or two bad moments in a game, that can affect your confidence at that level. And I think that's what happened to, to, to Sludden. Do I think he's a first 15 player? He would get on the down team. I'm not saying down or any world base because they're not. But he would get on the down team and he would get in week on week out because he's a ball player. But I think he suffered from the fact that his confidence is suffering. And I'm not sure if they found the right position for him in the team. Because, you know, he came in, I think, as a half-back. He's been moved to centre-half forward. But, you know, where, where do you play him? Conor McKenna's in there now. I would be looking to play Niles Slutton as a playmaking halfback. That's mm. that's where I see him playing because he has great vision. He can get up and down the field. He's got good feet. But would he, he'd be a mature on fifth fifteen. But again, I think it does come down in his situation to confidence. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if if he himself uh, has been uh, has been managed right. So we're all kind of looking at a Donegal win. I'll come to you, Sean, first. Where do you think they're going to win this game? I just think they're going to win it because they, yeah, I think I think they just have the more, they have more key men around the field, Paul. Um, obviously, look, it's on in Belly Buffet. There's going to be no crowd there, which doesn't come into it. But still, your home patch, regardless of a crowd or not, it has to stand for something, in my opinion. So that helps them. Um, uh, they obviously were able to rest guys last weekend against Kerry, which I think will recharge. The, it's particularly the fellas that they rested have a lot of miles on the clock, even though they haven't played in ages because of the lockdown. But just down through the years, they've been going at, going at it hard now for Donegal for a long time. So they got their rest. They'll be chomping at the bit. Um, and I just think that as much as Tyrone have shown us in the last few games that they're getting there and that they have an exciting forward line, I think Donegal will have the men to look after their forwards, but I'm not quite sure that overall Tyrone will have the guys to look after Donegal's leaders, particularly the likes of Michael Murphy. Um, they've got some nice forwards in there as well. I've been impressed with O'Donnell and, and Gallen. Um, so I think Donegal will just have a little bit too much. Not too much. I don't think there's going to be a whole pile in it, but I just think they'll have that know-how and that little bit of experience to get over the line. And Danny, along the similar lines? Total, total agreement and total agreement with Sean, yeah. Um, I suppose Saturday, Monaghan versus, Monaghan versus Cavan in Clonus, a local derby. Um, I suppose what's being talked about a lot here, uh, Danny, is Cavan's relegation in two years from Division 1 to Division 3. Is that going to be tough for them to get over for this weekend? I think so. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't believe that uh, people talk about the National League um, and, uh, you know, that championship's championship and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, it's a different animal. And of course it is. The championship is, is, is a different animal. But you cannot turn on form 
uh, like a light switch um, and it just doesn't you just cannot turn turn it on uh, when you want to and Calvin have uh, you know Mick, Mickey Graham came in with I suppose with a great reputation at, at club level you know taking you know to a Leinster club title um, his, his club that he was managing um, uh, but it it seems to be that a lot of their panel and players have fallen away, have left the panel for whatever reason, um, and have decided not to commit. And this was prior to COVID. So I'd be looking at that saying to myself, there's something there's something that just just a bit strange about that. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but that appears to be the case. So in that situation, uh, you would have to say, unless there's a complete systems meltdown in Monaghan, Monaghan are going to win this game. Um, and I think with Conor McMahon scoring money at last week with the form that they're in, and Monaghan have been really consistent in the league. Again, they, they, they retained their Division 1 status, which which for, for a team of Monaghan size, um, um, you know, where, where they're playing at, uh, you know, again, it's, a, it's another uh, tribute to how, how consistent they've been in the league. So, um, Calvin, you know, with their confidence will be very brittle. Uh, it seems to be that there's a few issues, go, you know, appeared around commitment and stuff. Um, so I can't see any chance that it won't be a Monaghan win. And I suppose Banty in the last game, he's probably been certain the lads who have been going well at college's level. Michael Bannigan, David Galen, Andrew Woods came in from Inneskeen and he's been resting uh, Drew Wiley and Kieran Hughes. So I suppose he has a big decision to make in relation to the team lineup this weekend, Sean. He has, yeah. He's he's rotated his squad very well, I have to say. Um, the first day out against Kerry after the lockdown in Inneskeen, I, I, I was I was disappointed with Monaghan. Now I know it was their first game back, but it, it was the first game back for everybody and not sure why Conor McManus didn't start that game. Was he carrying some knock? But he, I mean, it, it, it took him to come in at half time to really get Monaghan going. And I know they looked him quite a lot for leadership and, and he provides it most, more, more, more often than not. He's just a class act. Before we came on, Denny was talking about Michael Murphy being one of the best players of the decade. For me, McManus is up there as well. He's just an absolute star. I mean, he kicked one point against Kerry, dummy soul off his right still being marked by two Kerry defenders and he slotted it over. He's just a class act and I mean he continued his scoring there at the weekend um in the draw with Meath. But he has, in fairness to Banty, he's 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 rotated, but I still think that he will probably go with more or less the tried and tested for, for the Cavan game. Um, you know, McManus will obviously start and hopefully continue on his form. Connor McCarthy showed a bit of form the last day out against Meath. Um, but you're right, you know, Garland has been w- playing well. Um, they'll probably need more of score. You know, they're so dependent on McManus and McCarthy chips in, but they're not probably getting enough from the likes of Garland and Stephen O'Hanlon, these guys. They're going to have to step up. You know, they'll probably have enough to beat Kevin. But okay, but as they go further down the Ulster Championship, it's not going to be enough to win games. They're going to need more from, from their forwards. And right now at the moment, they're just overly dependent on... Uh, McManus and McCarthy to a lesser extent, but I think John, you're totally right. McManus, yeah. you know, the, it's always been their Achilles heel, yeah. Denny. Yeah, and and McManus, this this has been this is probably the same conversation we've been having for six, seven, eight years now. That McManus is is their main player, is their main score forward, and the big problem will be that they have, you know, boys like um, uh, Conor McCarthy have threatened. 
to mm. step up, but they still haven't stepped up, and that, no. that is a big issue in Monaghan. Monaghan would have invariably got to a all-iron final, um, or or at least um, it got to an all-iron final if they had had more scoring forwards. Unfortunately, mm. McManus has been their one and only scoring forward, and nobody else has grabbed that mantle or helped them along. No, they have. Sorry, that that's wrong to say. They have in certain games, certain national league games. But more often than not, as you said, Sean, they're totally reliant on him. They are, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you've seen in, case, in cases in the past where Monon have accident the championship when McManus has been kept, you know, mm. quiet. So mm-hmm. um, that, that, is a big, that is a big problem. And, Sean, just back to you, like, no Derek McVitie, no Conor Ahl, no Conor Moyna. That's probably one of the main reasons why Kavanagh's struggling so much. Yeah, and it's interesting that Denny made the point about, you know, he didn't use the word disharmony, but I, when I was doing a bit of research for this game today, I, I pulled up the Cavan teams from their from their games and the names just didn't jump off the page. Do you know what I mean? You you usually get to see, you know, you have, as you just listed them there, you're regular guys for, for Cavan, but, you know, the only one that stood out for me was Kermit O'Reilly. Um, he's still a mainstay in the team. Um but I mean, when I was looking for regular scorers, you know, Kieran Brady from wing back was popping up with scores. Uh, a young fellow, Oshin Pearson, came off the bench against Roscommon and did well in the last game. But I mean, it's obviously pointing towards, you know, there's something must be going on internally when they're losing these guys pre pre the lockdown. I mean, you'd say something if fellas got pissed off with the whole situation and walked away during lockdown. They couldn't commit and they didn't want to mm. commit for whatever reason. But when these guys had disappeared before a ball was even thrown in, that's right, is leading to question questions being asked about what's going on within the camp. And you know, Mickey Graham's a former Kevin player himself. I know he had Dermot McCabe involved, Denny, and, and Martin Corrie from Monaghan was with him as well. I'm not sure is that management seems still there. No, but, I think um, I think I think it is the lure, and I think um, I think the challenges for Kevin will be. I suppose they're not unlike the challenges that Monaghan have. And I would have thought with Mickey Graham coming in, ex-player, been successful at club level, um, I would have thought that there would have been a fair bit of um, positivity around the camp. Mm. Um, now, some of them players have decided in Mickey's second uh, season to step away, as you said, Sean. Um, and that would, and that was obviously, as I said, pre-COVID. So that would indicate to me that things aren't um, all that... Um, uh, you know, you don't have a really contented squad or wider squad, um, and obviously there's boys now that'll be getting chances because those are guys away that that maybe otherwise wouldn't have chances. Mm. So, um, and it's up to them to stake their claim. But you know, without knowing the ins and outs, and none of us know. Listen, we're mm. all on the outside, and you know we can speculate um, uh, about you know why they're not involved, and and uh, but you know, in in my book. You know, Cavan being in Division One team at the time, uh, Division Two, you're still playing at a really good standard. Do you know, if COVID didn't force you back into a squad or wanting to go back into a squad, nothing will, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so, you know, it just it just is strange to me that those all those type of players, given how good they they are, and and Cavan. You know, let's not forget that they contested the Ulster final a couple of years ago. Sorry, so, so mm. you know, you would have thought, I would have thought that there would have been a fair bit of positive, at least there, but you know, that's not the case. Mm. 
Yeah, um, the other game in Ulster on Sunday um, at four o'clock between Derry and Armagh. Um, Rory Gallagher has a successful record against McGinney, but it's a tough one to call. Derry obviously boosted by Connor Glass coming back. Um, and Armagh have such potential, Sean, but just defensively, they haven't seemed to be great in games. Yeah, Denny, Denny, you like our man, don't you? You'll be a big our man fan. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I have to. I have to. This is terrible to me. My mother, my mum, my mum's a Camelot woman, Car Cup woman, and Car Cup had a great team in the eighties and they won in multiple things. And my uncle, he played in nineteen seventy-seven, and up until two thousand and two, our man could only cry, uh, crow about getting to a final in seventy-seven and getting beat, getting hammered actually by Dublin. But my uncle, my uncle played in that game. Don't think he played that well, but anyway, that's an ass score. And my uh, first cousin of my uncle's as well, Peter Lockern, who was an all-time Armagh great. He was so, I, you know, Jesus. I you have good connections, so. I, I loved beating Armagh. There's nothing as good as beating Armagh. <laughs> uh, but they were, I, I would still have a lot of friends um, in Armagh, obviously family, but I would have great respect for McGinney and mm. great respect for that 2002 team that won in All-Ireland. Great bunch of guys. I would know them well. And we come up against them now. They would have beat us. They were very, very hard to play against, but they were one of the teams of the decade. Yes, they only won one All-Ireland, but they got to a final in 03, and they really drove standards. So I have a lot of time for McGinney, a lot of time for his management um, style. He's so he's loved within the camp, within the mm. players. The big problem, Sean um, and Paul, the big problem with Armagh in this last few seasons were they haven't conceded a goal and shot up shop. They've conceded two goals and a point or three goals and they've went from maybe two or three points up to six or seven down within a 10 or 15 minute time frame and that has been Armagh's undoing and they need to get that right for Derry. We've seen it against Roscommon. They were beating out Roscommon at half time and there was, a, there was a period of five minutes where they conceded two goals and a point and they went from two points up to five or six mm. points. And mm. that's the big problem with Armagh. They have that in- inconsistency at the back. They're as good from midfield up as there is in Ulster, the big problem is at the back. Mm. And uh, now they got through the game against Clare, which is no easy place to go to Clare, as, as you you know, Sean, to go down to Clare and beat them by five points. But again, they were five or six points up and allowed Clare to come back. Clare drew and Armagh pulled away with mm. about 10 minutes to go. So um, I, I fancy Armagh uh, and a bit of confidence and stuff like that. I don't know a whole lot about Derry. Yes, they've had a couple of Aussie boys come back. Glass will be interesting to see how he uh, that dynamic works when he comes into the team. But I believe that they've been going very, very well in training. This will be a one-point, two-point game, in my opinion. I think mm. Armagh will tip it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. But Armagh really need to be tight at the back mm. if they won't have any chance. Yeah, I mean, if you compare... I mean, we just spoke about Kevin as they head into their championship game and... They've just been relegated down to Division 3. They lost to Kildare and Roscommon. Um, and the camp doesn't seem to be happy. Whereas you compare that to Armagh heading to, to Derry. They've just been promoted back to Division 1 for the first time in, since 2012. Um, they beat Clare by five points, as you said, Denny, after after um, you know leaving Clare back into it. They finished strong, which McGinney will be delighted with. Um, lost to Roscommon in that first game. It was on TV. And... Uh, mm-hmm. They, they, they were well in control, but as you said, just lacks, lapse of concentration, a little bit of lack of quality at the back, and, and Roscommon got the goals, and look, goals win games at the end of the day, and, and Roscommon ended up winning that game when Armagh probably 
were in control for for major had, had most possession had more possession and, and and were in control. But they're um, yeah, definitely their their Achilles heel is at the back, which you know McGinney, you know was one of the best defenders in ever to play the game. So you'd be hoping that he'd be given the time to maybe shore that up. Now, whether the players are there, I'm not so sure. But certainly from, from a forward point of view, they have they have what, what you know, they have as, as good as what's out there, particularly in Ulster. So mm. I would expect them to beat Derry at the weekend. How far they can go into the championship will remain to be seen. But I think they'll have enough to beat Derry as well at the weekend. Um, they're look, on the difficult side of the draw, Paul. Yes. Um, so they're going, probably going to meet uh, either Tyrone or Donegal. Um, but, you know, you look at Armagh's forward line, Roy Grugan, who was very good against Clare, set up a couple of crucial scores. Mm. Um, you know, uh, he seems to be in a bit of form. Supi Campbell, who's a top player, really good player. He's their captain now this year. The O'Neills. The O'Neills are yeah, good, Danny. The O'Neills ran, O'Shane, yeah. super yeah. players. And again, pulled them, pulled, um, O'Shane um, pulled two points um in a row out against Clare to put to, to, to start that momentum back mm. and to get in that five point lead. And the thing about it is Jamie Clark was actually taken off the other day at sixty minutes um when the game was in the Milton Pot and was a draw. So they're not overly reliant on mm. the brilliance of Jamie Clark either anymore. But again, as as we said, uh, go go that Roscommon was a you could merely sum Arma up um with that game because the momentum Roscommon got within 15 minutes was enough to put away, put away Armagh and that wee bit of uh, I suppose that wee bit of lack of confidence over this last few years of being in winning positions and then losing games uh, big games uh, sort of that 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 shone through for me in that in that game so mm. um, you notice in, as well in Armagh's tackling they seem to be very rash every tackle is nearly a they give away two penalties against Roscommon. Yeah. One penalties, you can sort of say, right, you know what, one penalty, right, you know, but two penalties and then the number of frees that they were giving away. It nearly every tackle now seems to be a foul. So they're going to really have to get that that discipline right and get 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 their system right so mm. that they're they're um, they're prepared for a dairy team, which is relatively unknown to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the thing going for our mayor and the, the reason I think they'll win at the weekend but probably, as you said, Denny, because they're on the tough side of the draw, will will find it difficult to go any further. Is that Derry don't have Derry won't have the firepower to trouble Armagh much, really. Yeah. I mean, they're looking at the likes of Shane McGuigan is still their main guy in there. Denny Tallon, Inda Lynn, these guys, good players. Don't get me wrong, but they probably won't have enough up front to cause Armagh the problems. It's down the line. Armagh will probably come up against better quality forwards that that will take advantage of their their leaky defence, really. Absolutely. And if you're just looking at the one game in uh, Connacht, Leitrim, Mayo, uh, Danny, and I suppose this probably shows why there should be a Tier 2 championship, because you'd have to think one-way traffic for Mayo here. Well, you would you would think that Mayo will be able to put out a, a, a second string of reserve team um, to beat Leitrim. I suppose my big issue with... Uh, my my big issue with Leitrim is like, listen. My problem is and I, I fundamentally disagree in the tier two for a couple of various couple of reasons. But I'm not getting into that. I think invariably I could have played some of my football in tier two way back in in 03 when I started 02 03. We could have been 
we could have dropped in this. We we were playing Division Three football at one time, so we could have been in the second tier, and that would have really ripped the heart out of a lot of uh, intercounty players that I would have started off on at twenty years of age. The, the the great hope there every season when you go in was that you know you would have a chance yet of one day, even if one day, and that was a big thing to hold on to, especially when you're when when you have to give such such phenomenal commitment. Mm-hmm. So later in not talking out and not travelling to Newry to play a game. I think they made a big mistake. They sort of said to themselves, you know, we're not going to bother. We're not going to bother. And they could, right, listen, you could get away with the excuse of COVID at the minute. Of course you can. And nobody's going to argue with you. But I think fundamentally, and I come from a team that's dropped into the third tier, and even at underage level, we're, we're rural and you struggle to get 15 players on, on the field. You always put a team on the field, no matter what. And to call a game off on the day, on the day of the match, I think showed a total lack of respect for the competition, so a total lack of respect for Down, and a total lack of respect for themselves. So, you know, if, if Leitrim, you know, they can't on one hand um, say, well, we don't want a Tier 2 for X, Y, and Z, and then act like a Tier 2 team. So, for me, uh, you know, if you're going to drive standards, if Leitrim's going to improve, um, they should really act uh, like a Tier 1 team. Um, now, I understand the challenges there. It's rural, it's, it's way from metropolitan area in Dublin. I understand that. They don't get the financing and the coaching money that they should. I understand all that. Um, and that's, the GA really have to address that. But, you know, this will be a shoot, bit of a shooting match. Uh, later, if, if they have had players out with COVID or if they haven't been turning up the matches and stuff, I just think, uh, with Mayo's firepower, it's a bit of a turkey shoot for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, particularly this year, um, I just can't see anything other than annihilation here with a second string. Yeah, and uh, Sean, a thing with Mayo bringing in the new lads, Mark Moore and Owen McLaughlin, Oshie Mullen, Tommy Cameron, we've seen them excited. Would you expect now we're probably going to see Colin Boyle, Donny Vaughan, Chris Barrett and Keith Higgins all held in reserve, maybe coming on around 50 minutes, making more of a mark from the bench this year? Yeah, I think so. I think I think um, James Horn has set his stall out and he's come back in these two games after the lockdown, the two league games before the championship. And he's decided that uh, he's going to give these guys a go. Um, he's probably, maybe, I, I'm not saying he's he's completely drawn a line on those that you mentioned, the likes of Keith Higgins, Barrett, Donny Vaughan, so on, Colin Boyle, because all fantastic servants to Mayo and very, very good players in their own right. But... I think this is going back to my point about how the game has progressed. He has decided that he needs fast, strong, athletic guys in his team, particularly down the flanks. And he's decided to go with these younger fellas. Now, we were very impressed with him the first day out against Galway. We thought, my God, hand the Sam Maguire over to Mayo. It's it's happening. This is, <laughs> this is their year. This is finally their year. I had Mayo people texting me saying, this is it. This is it, you know. And uh, they were... Uh, Look, they were brought back down to earth again uh, uh, with with the defeat to Tyrone. Even though, in fairness, it looked like it was going away from them against Tyrone, but they, yeah. they pulled it back to a point, you know. But I think James Horan has decided, a little bit as Danny said at the start, that, you know, this year is a kind of a gimme and he's going to try these young fellas. And look, if they get to an All-Ireland, they win it. Fantastic. If they don't, he'll have tried these guys and they'll be back into league action early next year. And the championship will be upon us again, all going well, fingers crossed. And he'll he'll know what he has at his disposal. So 
what, why not try these young fellas? We, he knows, the whole country knows what Colin Boyle can do, what Keith Higgins can do, what Barrett can do. Even up front, the likes of Dermot O'Connor, Killian O'Connor, who's struggling with an injury for the weekend, but they, they beat Leitrim anyway without him. Um, he knows what they can do. It's time now for him to see what's, what else is there. And as Daniel tell you, a manager needs to know in the heat of championship, when the, the game is on the line, and a, and a manager needs to make a change. He needs to be able to turn around to his bench and know he can trust guys. And this is James Horn's way of finding out what he has in his squad. And if the young fellas are on form, which they have been, they've shown in two games, they've, they've, they've played well, particularly young Mark Moran, who I haven't seen much of. I, had, I hadn't seen much of at all before he, he, he became famous for his, his performance against Galway and his lovely head of hair. Um, <laughs> James Horn is finding out about these guys, and he's going to he's going to let them at it. He's going to let them at it now. Will they be tested on uh, against Leitrim? Not at all. So he probably won't find out too much more about them after this weekend. But the challenges will get harder after that, and he'll need to know what he has going forward. And that's why he's going with this 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 young crowd. So I think he's going to give them their chance, Paul. I think he'll hold those guys in reserve. And sure, isn't that a great bench to have to bring those guys in after 50, 60 minutes to maybe get you over a line in a, in a big game? What do you think of Aidan O'Shea at full forward then, Sean? Do you, do you like him there? Or? Um, I do, yeah. I do. I think, again, the year that's in it, Danny, I think it's a good opportunity for, for Horn to try it. Um, I know Kieran Donaghy has been preaching that Aidan O'Shea should be in this edge of the square for a long time. Um, now, the thing about it is what does he give you in there? Look, he's he's obviously a, fan, a huge man. He's got a great ball-winning ability. There's obviously the 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 um, the advanced mark now, which comes into play with him. It all depends on how Mayo play him. You know, if they're going to start lamping ball in on top of him from the you know crazy distances, wrong angles, then defenders are going to be all over Aiden and they're going to be able to break it out or get swarm around him and and and, and fairly nullify him. But if Mayo can play it the way they did against Galway and Aidan is getting on the end of scores and kicking scores, and which is really, you know, uh, giving his team confidence because he is a leader for that team, no matter what way you look at it, then absolutely I would be playing him at the edge of the square. But uh, will it be a case of Mayo overplay it and teams cop onto it? Mm. Because if that's the case, it's, you know, you know, it's a fairly one directional system Murphy... of play. Mickey Murphy had that great mix uh, at times yes. where he was he was used in the full forward. Um, and even the year that uh, Kerry and Mayo had a couple of great battles, he was used really effectively inside. And then he was brought around round the middle where he's phenomenally strong and brilliant um, running ability, even with the ball and the tracking boys to him. And, and obviously his, his ball winning ability. But I think it's, a, it's an interesting experiment and it'll be... I think it'll. Be, I think they'll have to try it against Leitham. It's a great opportunity to try it against Leitham, and as you say, if the right angle balls are being put into them, they can really make hay. But I think there's there's an opportunity there to try and um, try and uh, fine tune fine tune mm. that tactic uh, this year to see you know because what are you talking about? Uh, uh, five games and they're yeah. looking at an All Ireland final. Possibly, so, yeah. You, you you know that squad that you're talking about will be vital for them and Colin Boyle, Keith Higgins. This is a brilliant year for those because you won't you won't have the males. You won't have you won't be clocking up the males, the big males travelling needing to get the training. So it'll be a brilliant opportunity for those guys to get another season out of them. You know? 
the big difference between Murphy, Michael Murphy and O'Shea, even though they you both huge men, athletically naturally strong. Murphy was a way, is a way more natural scorer. Hmm. I mean, Aidan O'Shea gives you everything else. He's a great pair of hands. He's an he's an athlete. Fitness levels fantastic. But if you if 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 I if if I'm a Mayo fan or if I'm a Donegal fan and, and it's the last two minutes of an All Ireland final and the ball is played in and Aidan <laughs> O'Shea has it on the 35 yard line or Michael Murphy has it on the 35 yard line. I know who I'm backing all day long. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Aidan O'Shea. He's just yeah. not a natural scorer, whereas Murphy, Murphy can score with his eyes closed, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the two Munster um, quarterfinals, Clare coming up against Tipperary. And you expect whoever wins this should get to uh, Munster final. Um, Tip not really in the best form, just getting over the line against Leitrim in Division 3 last weekend. And Clare staying up again. Um, in Division Two, you'd ha- you'd have to give Clare a huge chance in this game, um, Danny, with the form Tipper in at the moment. Yeah, I tell you, if you're um, if if you're Clare, like who who performed really well last weekend against against Armagh, they showed the character to come back from five or six down, um, and I suppose you know they didn't have a whole lot to play for, but you know they've been putting putting the teams out, um, playing the games, and uh, particularly when you um, at that, Clare have really become really competitive at that level, really competitive, and they are a really difficult team to play. Division two, um, not easy, but uh, again, they've they've really, you know, they've, they've performed really, really well, um, and could conversely have beaten Armagh, but uh, you know, Armagh showed that wee bit of class, a bit of experience to come through. Uh, tip, tips a bit of an enigma because we all remember how well. They performed in 2018, I think, when they went to the semi-final, or, or was it more more 2017? They, they went to a final. Quinlevin, boys like that, really class players, really class players. Um, and they find themselves <laughs> now, um, still in Division 3. Um, will be a massive disappointment to Tipperary. Um, but, you know, I just think with Quinlevin, you know, they have class players. Tipperary still have that wee bit of class there. It's going to be a hard call, of course. But I just see Tip winning this one. Um, yeah, the league hasn't went well for them. But maybe that wee bit of experience of a couple of years ago might pull them over the line. Might. Mm. And uh, the other game, um, Watford and Limerick on Saturday evening in Friarfield. You'd have to say, with Limerick um, getting promotion in Division 4 up to Division 3, confidence is at a huge high. And... After beating Tipperary as well, they're going to want to build on it. They've avoided Cork and Kerry, so they probably feel within their own camp that they could have a possibility of reaching a Munster final jump. Yeah, look, you, you'd probably you probably think so. Um, however, you know, I I, uh, I was talking to a friend from Waterford today, believe it or not, and uh, they've got they've got a few like I obviously looked it. They finished second bottom in Division Four, you know. So let's let's be real here, you know. That's 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 where they're at. They were well beaten by Antrim, the the, the famous game that's where they wouldn't travel up to Portland Owen to play. They played in Dundalk instead. And fair play to Antrim, I have to say, it was it was a, a good offer by them to, to protect the integrity of the league. We spoke about Leitrim earlier on. Danny was talking about them not travelling to down. Fair play to Antrim for for uh, for coming down to Dundalk to play, and obviously, and uh, sorry, Limerick. Uh, 
sorry, Waterford didn't get to play London because of the restrictions. So, but they've got, I'll tell you what they have. They've got a few of the Stradbelly players back um, who, for whatever reason, haven't talked out with Waterford for a couple of seasons. Um, the likes, and there are two, two couple of defenders, um, Tony Gray and midfielder Shane Ahern. I know they're not household names and fellas won't know a lot about them, but they're actually very, very good players at that level. So even though Limerick will fancy themselves to go to Dungarvan and win, uh, I think Waterford could put it up to them for long stages. Now, Limerick will probably have have too much for them. Um, the same in the previous game, Tipperary and Clare. I, I, I think even though Clare might put it up to Tip for a while, I think Tip will probably just have too much up front. I think Limerick will probably have too much up front as well for Waterford. But if there was one game this weekend where I feel the underdog might, might, just might cause an upset, I think it could be this one. Uh, Waterford are quietly confident going into this. So uh, I, I'd plump for Limerick just to have too much, but I, I think it could be tighter than people expect. And then just moving on to the Leinster Championship action. Um, Loud playing long for Danny. Loud obviously had a horrendous start in round six, getting absolutely hammered uh, to Cork, but put in a good performance last weekend against Down and got a result. And then Longford have obviously lost Michael Quinn, probably one of the best players yeah. uh, for Longford. So it's a hard enough one to call. It's a very difficult one to call. Um, and Lowe's will be buoyed by beating Down. Although Down had a few players missing, still in all, I would expect Down to go down to Lowe's and um, to win the game. Uh, they didn't do that. Uh, Louth played reasonably well from, from what I heard. Um, again, uh, I think Quinn is a massive blow to Longford. Massive, massive blow to Longford. Um, he's, been, he's been their main man since he's come, come back from Australia. He's been the guy that has dragged them through championship matches, some of their best performances in the league and championship. So, again, he's a big blow to them and they will be feeling it. Um, yeah, like you know, I suppose Sean's different. Where they had, they've always had household names right throughout the team. But you know, we, you know, in the past, I've been in teams where you've been reliant on one or two players, and uh, when you do lose them, it does, it does, you knock your confidence throughout the squad. To, you know that wee bit of magic, that wee bit of uh, um, angel dust, you know, to uh, to to take you through. So again. Uh, I, I can see Lowe's winning this game, uh, based on their last, uh, based on their last um, uh, performance. Bit of confidence there, and the loss of um, uh, Quinn for Longford, definitely. Um, another game which draws huge attention in Leinster, Sean, this weekend, a repeated division four clash between uh, Wexford and Wicklow. Whoever won that game was promoted. They meet again this weekend, so. I suppose the big question is, can Wicklow beat Wexford in two weeks in a row? Yeah, they won the they won that, that obviously that one uh, that one got them um, that one got them promoted, didn't it? They won by three points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the in the rehearsal, I suppose, for the championship game. Um, yeah, look, you you probably look on this in, on paper, and if if they hadn't played last weekend, you'd be tipping Wexford because you just think again, you know, they, they they'd have too much, obviously. My old ex-teammate Paul Galvin had uh, had put a lot of work in with Wexford, but due to logistical reasons, had to had to move to Mayo and and had to pull away from the setup. Um, Shane Roach coming in there to take over for him. So, but just from talking to Paul, he was he was delighted with the response he was getting in Wexford. He had unearthed a few younger guys, 
But in saying that, you know, and again, just looking before our chat today, uh, you know, they're still reliant on Ben Brosnan up front, you know, Mark Rossiter, Kevin O'Grady, these guys, these are still fellas that, that have been clawing away with Wexford over the last five, six, seven years. So there's still nothing new there. And, you know, it was great to see Wicklow getting that win. And it's it's super for Wicklow football. Obviously, they had glory days back when Nico Dwyer was up there and John Evans was there for a while. So, you know, good times for them. But, you know, will Wex, who would have learned more from the game at the weekend? Possibly Wexford. And again, it's it's on in Wexford again, you know. So I, I, I think Wexford, you know, there was only three points in it at the end of the day. I think they'll probably have learned from their mistakes. And I'd be I'd be thinking they'd put things right this weekend come championship. Um, yeah, the final clash on Leinster and the final game we'll preview. Um, Offaly versus Kalo. Since John Mahans came in, there's been a real feel factor about Offaly. But I suppose a big bonus for Kalo really to have uh, former Dublin footballer Ger Brennan involved, Danny. Oh yeah, like Ger Brennan, you know, you know, he's been there, done that, um, as far as uh, playing's concerned, and really articulate guy, um, uh, really sound fella, very very sound guy, um, and again, he he will know and understand the commitment levels and the preparation levels that are required to get yourself through big games like that. So that that is a bit of experience and that. That um, bit of experience that he has, uh, that Jer has, will be vital for them. Um, and you know, um, uh, but again, you have the opposite end of the spectrum where you know Jer has the youth and the, I suppose the the buzz of you know not and not finishing playing that long ago. And then you have John Mahon, who's been there for a long, long time, has is a real experienced guy, really good way with them as well with players, and has been relatively successful with teams that he's been involved in so again um it's a really difficult one it's like the old ball and the young ball kind of meeting um in this scenario um again at mohan mohan has been is a great character and uh, you know you would love to see mohan uh, again uh, do do well but again with brandon with that bit of positivity um i can see i can see them getting a win here um uh, again, I'm, I'm not that familiar with some of Offaly's players. Again, it's going to be a difficult one to assess uh, based on, you know, having that long break that we had during COVID. So, um, yeah, I just think this might be, a, you know, a bit of a gimme for Mohan and Offaly this year. But Brandon, I think, will, will take his period over the line. Yeah, I, 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 think Carlo could, I think Carlo will win this one. I think Offaly are coming in in poor form. They've... They survived in in three with five points, but they had those five points before the lockdown. You know they they were they were pretty poor in their in their last two games, uh, losing to Tip and to Derry. So, and again, you know you 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 go and you you look at who are their go to guys, and you're probably looking for some new names. But it's still you know the likes of Ryan Mac or uh, sorry Niall McNamee, and 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 it's still getting the scores for for mm. And I mean McNamee has been on the go now, Denny. You probably play. <laughs> And I'm not saying you're old, Denny. I'm not saying you're old, like, but you know, like, we both and he's been against... a brilliant player. Absolutely, he's he's, player. he's 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 still a top player. In fact, I think he walked away from the Offaly panel, but but Mohan yeah, coaxed yeah, him yeah. back in, and that did. just goes to show you. And he still he came off the bench the last day, and he was still still their main guy, which is that's that's what John Mahan like you spoke about Mahan being experienced. He, John Mahan has managed in four the four provinces of Ireland now, and he knows his football inside out. And he, he, look. 
Dar O'Shea always said it. You can be like I'm a Liverpool fan too, Danny. You you can be Jurgen Klopp. You could be, you know, the Pep Guardiola. You could be the best manager in the world. But it all depends on what you have to work with. And Absolutely. you know, if if the players aren't there, they're not there. And I just think that Niall Crew, uh, who, who's over Carlo and Joe Brennan with him. I just think they probably have a little bit more to work with and, and obviously following on from the great work that Turlock O'Brien would have done before he stepped yeah, away and during Stevie the Pitcher, COVID. Yeah, followed down um, on Stevie Pitcher, who, who had Stevie Pitcher, really that's right. Yeah. Enthusiastic and the players yeah. loved them. The players yeah. loved the two guys. So yeah. there still will be a bit, a bit of positivity. And again, the guys that have come in now through um, uh, Kildare. And, that's right, uh, yeah. Yeah. Brandon, who carries his. It's a youth, it's a youthful yeah. setup, and I just think that wee bit of positivity will work in Carlos' favour. Not to mm. say that, that John Mohan doesn't have his obviously his youthful side, but I just think, <laughs> you know, I just yeah. think Carlo or or maybe what may get a wee bit of a bounce uh, on the back of that. Same here, yeah. Yeah, some great action to look forward to, but that's all for. Isn't it? Isn't it great that we are talking about the championship, and you know, obviously people. You know, will be, you know, have their say on why why there shouldn't be a game. But I I genuinely believe that this will lift a lot of spirits and a lot of communities and a lot of interest among a lot of people that have to endure really horrible, terrible times. You know, you know, uh, with COVID, it's just brilliant that we have something to talk about and something to look forward to, albeit behind closed doors. But listen, a half a loaf uh, is better than no bread and. You know, I, I do think that we should be very thankful that we're getting this championship done um, and getting it played, you know, at all costs. Thank, thanks be to God. Yeah, I look, I, I would have been an advocate. Um, I, I've made no secret of the fact through my paper column here and, and, and on social media that I was against it going ahead. And, and the main reason I was, was I, I, I was questioning the player safety. And, uh, and at the end of the day, the players are the guys that are going out onto the field, putting on the show. And they're the guys that are putting themselves into, into the bubble of, of training and, and playing games. And it's not that I didn't want the games to go ahead. Like Danny and like yourself, Paul, I love sport. I love football. Uh, I write about it. I commentate on it. I play, still play it myself at the club level. So I, more than anybody, wanted it to go ahead once it was being done safely. And I think in the last few weeks with the, 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 the players doing their survey with the GPA, the GPA coming out and asking the, the GA and the government that testing is going to be done more rigidly and, and strictly, I think that has put a lot of people at ease. And uh, look, we've had a few outbreaks of it within panels whether that's coming from within the, the panel itself or from the outside community, we're not so sure. But hopefully, fingers crossed, that we get some quality games, that they get the championship played off. And that the big thing for me is that, number one, obviously people don't get sick. And secondly, that we avoid walkovers and forfeits. Because I think if they happen, if they start to happen, that will you know, take the gloss off it a little bit. Because obviously we've seen it already with a few teams giving walkovers. It, it, it just doesn't, as you said, Denny, it, does, it just doesn't sit right. And if that starts happening in the championship, I think it'll be disappointing for everybody. So look, fingers and toes crossed that that doesn't happen and uh, we get to see uh, we get to see Kerry lift the Sam Maguire in December. <laughs> I actually agree. I think Kerry's going to lift Sam Maguire, yeah. But will there be an asterisk beside that, uh, Sean? I don't know. <laughs> Was there an asterisk beside the Liverpool champ uh, win, Denny? No, you're right, you're right, absolutely not. We'll take it, we'll take it. No, but look, look, fingers crossed, people are safe, players are safe, and, uh, and us as supporters get to enjoy it.
Absolutely. Well, um, that's all on our preview show and some intriguing action to look forward to for the weekend. And we'll be back with a preview show on Monday. Thanks a million for your time, Sean O'Sullivan and Danny Hughes.